Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast with your hosts, Reese Downing and Jacob Workman. What's up, everyone? It's Tuesday Night Touch on Podcast, NCAA edition, uh, conference championship week. We finally reached into the season. Uh, fine citizen number one of the evening is to my uh, left side of the screen here, Reese. What's going on, Reese? What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, the Knolls are one win away from the, the playoffs, though some disagree, but we're still alive. That's all that matters. Doing better than Ball State. Um. Yeah, I would hope uh, I that would be an absolute <laughs> disaster if we weren't. But yeah, so uh, we did tease last week. We're going to have a little bit of a special episode this week because there's very few games. Uh, so we've got some, some friends of ours, one past guest, two new ones uh, that are going to be joining us. Uh, Reese, I'll let you go ahead and pop them on. We'll do a little introduction for everyone. Uh, so first, uh, this is our friend. <laughs> Our friend Ike, clearly he's a Chiefs fan. I don't believe he claims a college football team, though he does root for a few. Wisconsin, you'll hear a few times. Uh, Wisconsin, IU. IU, yeah. There's... Casual Big Ten fan, I guess. What a, what a conference to love. That's... Uh, it's... <laughs> at least at least it's changing next year, and we're actually going to get some real, some real teams in there that play offense. That'll be it's, nice to see. It's going to be interesting, for sure. Yeah, and I, and I truly think USC is going to struggle there. I, I don't. I mean, they struggle kind of anyway, but I don't think they're going to be able to go to the Big Ten and play decent ball. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we just popped up another one. Uh, so this is Scott. Scott, do you have a, a college football team that you claim? I'm a Notre Dame. Oh, well, Reese, I was not told this. What? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, we, we have a problem. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, no. We've no, officially... Go ahead and click on out. We've officially been <laughs> outnumbered on the podcast now. Oh, no. Uh, well, it is what it is. What so uh you got any good uh what were your thoughts on the Notre Dame season this year? Um yeah, it was pretty bad. High hopes, Axel come through pretty pretty low. Yeah, that third uh loss depends where you want to pin it on. Yeah, that just really disappointing. Yeah, and it was unfortunate too because the Notre Dame game I think was kind of or the Ohio State game was kind of the swing of the season there. They they had it. And then right at the end, the uh, Kyle McCord drive to win the game at the end. I, I think that was a little swing of the season there. A dropped interception and ten men on the field, and you still yeah. lose by four inches. Yeah, yeah. It was really a kind of, it was a uh, season in a nutshell for him. Yeah, and the, you start questioning a lot of things when all that stuff happens too. That's the that's the bad part of it. Well, I think now at this point we need to check on our last guest to make sure he's okay. Yeah. So Carter, uh, <laughs> he's been on here twice well, already. Not. He's back. Let's go, Irish. Yeah. <sighs> we'll have to have a spinoff podcast, a Tuesday night <laughs> Irish touchdown. That's the we can do that. <laughs> I like it. The uh Carter's been on here twice already. This will be his third appearance. Both times he has locked Notre Dame. Uh he didn't quite comprehend what a conference championship game was, so we had to explain that to him before we went on. <laughs> he's a Notre Dame fan. Uh so he's back. He cannot lock Notre Dame this week, so I don't know if you have any other helmets over there you're ready for this week or not, but uh, I'm interested to see what you come up with at the end. We'll What's on what the hat right now? Is that, is, is that another Irish it's hat? It's an old school uh, Colts uh, hat. Oh, okay. The glue factory. The Eagles. Yes. There we go. There we OV, go. OV appreciates the Delta sweatshirt. 
sectional Shout champs. Out Shout out Ovi. All right. So to start this week, uh, a decent amount of coaching changes already going on. Uh, Ball State is a team we talk about quite a bit. So I'm going to start with San Diego State. Uh, Brady Hoke is out. I uh, became kind of famous, had a great run with Nate Davis at Ball State. Uh, went to Michigan after that. San Diego State, he's been there for a little bit. He San Diego State is a pretty good program, brand new stadium. Like it's things you like, but they kind of took a downturn this year. So uh, Hoke is gone now. Uh, Carter, you have any thoughts on Brady Hoke from his Ball State days to now? Uh, I remember rushing the field back when I still lived in Muncie when Nate yep. Davis and them won the MAC championship. So that was a great memory. And then uh, kind of sucks seeing him go to Michigan. Being a Notre Dame fan, <laughs> always like to hate on Michigan. So, but yeah, it's kind of a been a long, I, I would say, successful career, really. Yeah, I, I don't think there's many complaints of what they did try to change their offense this year and go air raid, which that kind of is was his downfall. Once they got away from that, they actually started to have a little bit of success, but I, I'm not sure why they went air raid, but they did, and now he's gone. So San Diego State, to me, is a job that, I don't know, That's to me, that's one of the better jobs in the nation. Uh, Houston, Dana Olgerson, he's gone. Uh, we'll see who replaces them. Again, that's another market you want to be the coach in, especially with Texas leaving to go to the SEC. Like I, I think that's a great job opportunity. Uh, A&M, we've talked about the last few weeks. Jimbo's gone. $90 billion he's going to make to not coach. Um, and Mike Elko from Duke. Uh, did any of you guys, so I talked last week, hopefully someone went on and watched the uh, uh, Midnight Yell on YouTube. Did anyone, Reese, did you participate in any of those? I, I did not. I'm telling you, you've got to watch this. It's the stupidest thing you'll ever see in your life. But if you saw the Mike Elko press conference when he got the job, they, they had the yell leaders there and they were doing some of the chants. And it was, it's so bad. I think he was on <laughs> – was he on Pat McAfee today? I thought I caught a snippet of uh, – It was, yes. Elko. Yes. And McAfee goes, what is up with the midnight yell? He asked about it, and Elko defended okay. it and said, no, what program can't. out there can pack the stadium with 50,000 people? He did not do that? No, no, no I'm saying – Oh, oh, yeah. You can't defend that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he was like, what other program can put 50,000 in there the night before just to yell <sighs> or whatever, whatever the hell they do there? No, they don't yell. Uh, you have to, I'm telling you, you have to watch <laughs> it. Still got to check it out. Yes. It's the dumbest shit you'll ever see in your life. I promise you. Just go watch it. They're all on YouTube and they are terrible. Um, Syracuse, Dino Babers out. Uh, DB coach from Georgia, Fran Brown replaces him. Uh, IU, I talked about this all year. Tom Allen, I never knew how he had a job. 15.5 million from IU. Uh, Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix should probably be getting a large portion of that. That's. That's a lot of money for a terrible coach to not coach, especially at IU. Like, I'm interested to see what they do for their new coach because IU's not really a program to spend a bunch of money on a football coach. And at the Big Ten's only getting tougher at this point. Uh, Oregon State, Jonathan Smith is gone, had new head coach at Michigan State, which was a little surprising to me. Uh, Boise State, we're actually going to talk about them in a little bit. They fired their coach in the middle of the season, Andy Avalos. Uh, Spencer Danielson has took them to the conference championship game now. And a lot of people want him to be the head coach there and then uh to finish at mississippi state jeff levy the oklahoma offensive coordinator has returned to the sec to be their head coach you guys have any other comments on the coaching changes at all i mean i think the big one there could be jonathan smith going to uh michigan state that could be uh, a pretty hefty hire uh considering what's going to be happening with the big 10 here in the next couple of years yeah it was an unfortunate situation with him because 
obviously them and Washington State are the two that, I mean, no one's going to be that. You're, when the transfer portal, I think all their whole teams are going to be in the portal. So no one's going to want to be there. And then to go to Michigan State, but I think we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were like, Michigan State in the new Big Ten is probably like a 12th ranked team. Like they're in the conference. Like that's not even a good job anymore, I don't think. Like it's, it's going to be impossible to win there. Well, I mean, I think the benefit for them is that there's so many Pac-12 teams that are coming into the mix. Like he's going to be able to bring in some insight on recruiting against some of these other Pac-12 teams. Yeah, but one thing I'll say, though, and, and we talk a lot about this when we talk Pac-12, East Lansing's not Corvallis. <laughs> there's, no, no, there's that's no. A, that's a different, that's a whole different world. A whole di- Corvallis just built that brand new, like the, the whole add-on to the side. The stadium's ridiculously nice now. And you yeah. don't get the weather like you do in Corvallis. Like it's just a different atmosphere in Corvallis to East Lansing. No one cares. Like no one's going to go there in, in fear of that game. Do you think Uyungale follows him? Uh, no, because I do think the freshman will follow him that played a little bit over oh, DJU yeah. though, because the freshman's a stud. Charles, I think. Yeah, I think he'll go. And if he does, they have a legitimate quarterback already because I he's solid. I really liked him. I mean, DJ was great, but. Uh, I think you take the youth and be happy with it. Right. One other, uh, it's not head coaching, but Bobby Petrino back at Arkansas. That was pretty wild. Yeah, that is, that is, that is crazy. Yeah. I, that's one thing I never thought I would see again, but that's college football. Oh, I did say that I was going to bring this up, that Mike new will be back for a ninth season at the ball state university. So we'll see how that goes. Thank you, Khalil Kelly, for giving him that opportunity because that definitely turned our back half of the season around. The the question is, does Kelly transfer, though? That's like I could almost see that. Like why if, if you get an offer from like a like an SMU or a Tulane or something like that, like why would you not go? Like, I don't I don't know. I, that's one player that I am interested to see, because if he leaves, that's kind of Ball State's team. 100%. You saw what happened with the offense when he stepped in. I mean, yeah, it was a huge difference. Huge difference. There's NIL money to be made. Oh, yeah. And Ball State's not dishing it out. Pizza King's not funding that school too much. So it's- they should be. <laughs> Come on, Pizza King. <laughs> Come on, Alan. Speaking of which, yeah, if, I go, if I go silent for a little bit. Uh, oh, this is not fair. This is ridiculous. Is such such an oh, asshole. It is because I did the king. That's <laughs> not the king before the podcast. Not even right. So ridiculous. Uh, you have three people on this show it. that are from Indiana that would yeah. kill for that pizza right now. Well, I know we don't have the Muncie six pack this week. I was going to save it in place of that, but since it got brought up, you can have the the pizza king lock of the week. All right, so moving from the coaching, uh, some transfer portal news, and this is changing by the minute. Clearly, some of these were just added like 20 minutes ago. Uh, to me, the biggest player in the transfer portal is Kansas State quarterback Will Howard. I think this is unbelievable that he's in the portal, and some team is going to be very lucky. I have seen Mississippi State kind of rumored already to get him. Uh, it's not for sure, but um, be an interesting, be an interesting fit at Mississippi State, but. I, I think he's the best player in the portal so far, but that's not saying much with how many people are going to be in there in the end. Uh, my guy, Kansas State running back Trayshawn Ward, went from Florida State last year, transferred to Kansas State. I am really hoping he wants to come back, and next year he's back in Tallahassee. I'm not holding out too much hope for it, but it would be awesome. Uh, Miami quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke. 
at the beginning of the year, this dude trademarked his name, Tyler Van Dimes. Where'd that get him? <laughs> the trademark Tyler Van sucks shit. That's what his name should be. He sucks. Uh, Fresno State. Uh, we're losing our backup quarterback. Logan Fife is gone. Mikey Keene probably still be there. Um, Fife was a good replacement, though. I am a fan of Fife. Um, I'm interested to see where he ends up because I could see him even going maybe like a Mac school. It'd be awesome if he went to Ball State. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, USC wide receiver Relik Brown. He was the number one all-purpose back in the 2022 class. So there's another big name, a uh, big weapon for someone out there. Uh, Vandy, our guy Joey Lynch, offensive coordinator, uh, lost his quarterback, Ken Seals, to the portal. Texas A&M quarterback Max Johnson. He is transferring to North Carolina. Uh, the guy I referred to for about half the season is Utah's running quarterback. Utah quarterback Nate Johnson is also in the portal. And Duke quarterback Riley Leonard. Uh, that's just a few of the thousand, probably 10,000 names that will be in the portal in a few weeks. But those are some of the key players. Do you guys have anything on uh, anything with that? I, I was a little surprised Grayson McCall entered the transfer portal. He's won the um, the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year like three times. Ridiculous numbers as a quarterback. So I'll be interested to see where he lands. Yeah, well, you uh, better then, watch uh, out. He might go to Liberty with Jamie Chadwell because that that's his guy. So that's... yeah. Um, and then uh, Brown, the receiver from Purdue, should be one of the better receivers to enter the portal. Carter, what you feel of? Uh, so I didn't mention his name, but I do know wide receiver. What was his name? Tobias. What's his last name? Merriweather, and we lost Chris Tyree, and then uh, yeah, the deep couple of defensive linemen. I know you made the comment Tyree, you thought he was their I, I best receiver. That's the he was probably the because he's a sophomore. He was probably the highest rated out of that class for sure. The freshman class is really good, and the incoming freshman class is going to be really good. But who's actually played, he would definitely be the best returning receiver. And he just announced he's going to the portal. Tyree is a, a six-year guy. He got the COVID year, so he just wants to go to a different offense and um yeah, the two defense alignment, it's just kind of a youth movement going on right now in the D line. So kind of made all of them kind of made sense except for Merriweather. But. How's Notre Dame's NIL spending been? Um, they say it's really good, but it's a yeah, it's under radar. Put it out, yeah. Yes, yeah, like yeah. Sam Hartman had to be one of the biggest NLI winners. All the all the big guys definitely have uh do pretty well. And they have a Brady Quinn started the fund. F U N N D. Uh, I did see and that. Yeah. Everyone gets everyone gets a piece of that. And um I I imagine it's pretty good, but they just don't advertise it like the SEC schools and everyone else. Well, I don't think anyone truly tries to say what they're giving just because there's I'm sure there's even more behind the scenes that people don't know, but but yeah, the uh well when you see Cam Ward has six <laughs> yeah one million dollar offers out there, like yeah, that's one we didn't mention because he's not officially in the portal yet, but Washington State quarterback Cam Ward uh, has said to have 10 offers, and a few of them are for seven figures already guaranteed. Um, I believe we actually, the episode you were on, I think, Washington State had a big game, and we actually talked about Cam Ward quite a bit because I, I've been a fan of his. I love Cam Ward. And I, I'm, he's one that, uh, if he goes to the right place, I mean, you're talking probably like a Heisman candidate. Like he's he's very solid. I would I would actually love to see him at Florida State. To be honest, <laughs> I don't think that will happen. Might be possible. Uh, we we kind of like our guys we have behind Travis. So, but neither of them are probably as highly as Cam Ward either. 
Reese, you got anyone? Uh, oh, well, we didn't talk about. So the, the rumor also was Riley Leonard, do quarterback, was going to be ending at Notre Dame. What are your, the two Notre Dame fans on the show? What are your guys' thoughts on Riley Leonard being the quarterback next year? Go ahead, Scott. Um, you, you hope he's better than Sam Hartman. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if your receiving core is what it was this year, you know, why, why bother? That's true. They, they do need to, I, they had no receivers whatsoever. And they fired their wide receiver coach. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, their offensive line at times when the receiving core wasn't uh, uh, showing up, uh, was getting run over. So it just was a tough year for uh, quarterbacks, receivers, uh, the like. So I'm not sure that that would be a best choice for him personally. i like to see him develop some of these younger guys that they say have all this talent. You know, let's, uh, let's see what they got. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I kind of that's kind of one thing that I mean, Florida State has been one of the most portal used teams the last few years, which obviously we needed to be because from where we were coming from, you can't recruit 70 guys in one year. But it is kind of nice to see the guys develop on the team and stay there and have that longevity with them. But the problem that we're running into is they just leave. <laughs> so like you might develop them for two years and they might start to get to that point, but then they leave and it's like, well, that's wonderful. Kind of like Treshawn Ward did. So scared of competition <clears throat> with yeah, the easy well, payday. And yeah, I, I'm interested in what's going on at Kansas State that, that Will Howard and Treshawn Ward both are transferring because Kansas State, I mean, you have to think the good, the teams that were better than them in the conference are leaving. Like they would be a legitimate conference championship sh- next year and they're going to have the auto bid into the playoff 12 team playoff. I think they would easily be a playoff team if those guys stayed. So it's kind of interesting to me that they're leaving. wonder if there's more behind that than what we know. Uh, you get anything else on the portal at all? I think the only one that we didn't mention was Deuce Ham from Colorado. It's, he's gotten some uh, press here lately just because he's one of the, the predated uh, guys that were there before Dion showed up. Yeah, and they, Colorado just in this last like three days has lost the number one quarterback in 24, the number one quarterback in 25, and the number one receiver. So they're having quite a bit of guys drop out of their commitments too. So uh, I'm not too sure what's going to happen there. I I think NIL is going to be a big part there. I think they're going to be more of a portal team than a recruiting team, it seems. But I, I know Dion wants to recruit, but it just seems like something that might be tough at this point for what they're trying to do kind of like the Florida state thing. Like you can't recruit that many guys in one year. Uh, if there's nothing else on so the, the portal, portal day, right? December 4th, December 4th is the opening day for the portal. Yes. Well, I think that's when they can officially sign guys can enter now. But. Officially. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Like they can, that's the team they're going to and they can go enroll. Uh, so with that, we're going to jump to the playoff rankings. Uh, number one is Georgia. Number two is Michigan. Number three is Washington. Number four is Florida State. So right now, that is our current playoff. First round would be Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, Washington. Uh, right on the brink, right outside. Five is Oregon. Six, Ohio State. Seven, Texas. Eight, Alabama. Nine, Missouri. Ten, Penn State. Penn State is still a top ten. Team. <laughs> That's unbelievable. They would get beat by every team in America. I, it, it's so bad. So uh, let's start with Ike. Ike, if if you were to do your top four right now, who would they be and in what order? Um, I actually, I my top eight is the same as the playoff committee. Exact I same. 
Yes, I think at this moment in time, they have things correct. What would happen this weekend to change your mind? Oh, all kinds of upsets. Uh, if Georgia loses to Bama, there's going to be chaos. If Washington loses to Oregon, there's going to be chaos. Um, actually, are we going? Are we getting to our predictions of what the Final Four ends up being later? Oh, no. So, if you no. want to give a prediction now as to what happens this weekend, that's uh, fine. Uh, it will spoil some of some of my picks, but I have I have the top four being Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Texas. It's going to take. So you think Texas would few. jump all of those teams? Well, I I think Oregon beats Washington, and I think that's going to put Washington and Texas in a debate there. But what about Ohio State? Ohio State, I think Texas as as Big Twelve champs, a lot of conference championship yeah. will will leapfrog them. I don't know. I don't know if the committee would honestly. You got to think like like last year. Like they they still put Ohio State in. I don't I don't know. I'd be shocked if they had Texas jump Ohio State, even with the win. Texas has a good resume. I think they're going to lay the hurt down this week. I think they know they have to. And I think they I'm have a legitimate. I, that's my that. my four too. Is that your four too? Yeah, that's what I have right now. So, Scott, what do you think? Uh, he stole my thunder. I thought it's coming in with a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Texas has a, a better win than Ohio State when they beat Alabama by double digits at home. Uh, their wor- their loss is worse than Ohio State's, you know, losing to Michigan at Michigan by uh, six. But I just think Texas right now, uh, being conference, will be conference champ, have a better win at on the road. I think the elite frog, um, Ohio State, uh, Washington loses. Florida State probably will actually lose. Uh, I, I just think that they barely squeaked by last weekend. Uh, somebody's got a little game film now on quarterback number two. So they're, they're out. Uh, Ohio State's out. So I, I think uh, Ike's got the, the right four. Reese, what do you think? I'm a little surprised by this. These guys are I coming in too. hot here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't have that much shakeup. Uh, I don't either. I, I, you know, this is, this is kind of – taken away from a game we're about to talk about i've got georgia florida state washington and michigan as my top four right now and i think after this week it will be georgia florida state michigan and oregon i don't think florida state's losing this game i i'm i think there's too much talent on that team going again going up against louisville and we'll, we'll talk about it here briefly but i think georgia maintains the number one spot i don't see them getting beat by bama they kirby smart knows how big this game is uh bama has not played uh, up to the point that I think they're going to be able to, to offset Georgia. I I'm not dinging Florida state. Like a lot of people are. Uh, I do think that Oregon's going to get beat or excuse me, Oregon is going to beat Washington this weekend. And then Michigan's there. So I think the only shakeup is from where what's there right now is Georgia, Florida state, uh, Michigan, and then moving uh, Oregon into the top four. So yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. My only shakeup I see this week is if Oregon beats Washington, they flip and that's the difference. Like I, I think it's the same four with the exception of Oregon if they win. Um, clearly, I anyone that's listened to this show is going to know who I'm picking in that game and who you're picking in that game. We've, we've already done it once. So it's, it's uh, <laughs> we're going to do it again. So, yeah. And I think Carter, Carter, weren't you on during that week? I think you were with us. Aren't you with us, Washington, yep. Oregon week? Yeah. That's what yep. I thought. And All I, right, uh, so, I had uh, Oregon. So, yeah, you guys both did. It's a shame. <laughs> Yeah, and you lost. I think I, I think I remember texting you guys that whole game. 
Michael Penix shooting yep. the arrow four times in a row. Yeah, you sent that that gif about twenty two times. Well, he threw about twenty two touchdowns. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I forgot. We do have one more thing. I actually forgot about this. So we have the uh, Heisman Trophy winner predictions before we get to uh, our game picks. Uh, so right now, I only I only have three guys listed because I don't think there's anyone that even has a chance of winning other than these three guys. Uh, Bo Nix is the heavy favorite at minus 180. Uh, Jaden Daniels is plus 140, and Michael Penix Jr. is a an absolutely crazy plus 1600. I don't. Um, we'll start with Reese. Reese, uh, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say here, but let's uh, let's hear it out. Who you got? Yeah, so. You know, I've been high on Bo Nix all year. I love that he's in the conversation right now for the Heisman, but I don't see how you don't give this to Jaden Daniels. So I, I took a pretty deep look into the stats, and frankly, I don't think it's close. Um, Daniels has 4,946 total yards and 50 touchdowns on the year. Both of those are leading the FBS. 11 quarterbacks have won the Heisman since 2010. None of them have had more yards through 12 games. Lamar Jackson had one more touchdown, but not as many yards. And Tebow had one more touchdown, but I'm not going to go into that. He had over like a thousand yards less. He's not the same deal. Uh, comparing him to Knicks, Daniels thrown for 40 touchdowns. Knicks is thrown for 37, but Daniels threw three more with 74 fewer attempts. Daniels is slightly behind Knicks in passing yards, but that still puts him at number three in the nation. He's number one in the nation at 11.7 yards per attempt. He's completed a nation best 63.6% on 20 plus yard throws. He's got 22 touchdowns and zero interceptions when throwing over 20 yards leads the country with a 208 passer rating, which is a new NCAA record and has a QBR 95.6, which is also tops in the country. And that's before we even get into his ground game. He's gained 1100 yards on the ground. He's the only quarterback in the country over a thousand yards rushing He's averaging eight yard, 8.4 yards a carry, which is first among players with at least 75 attempts. Leads the nation with 10.71 yards per play and has been responsible for 90 plays of over 20 yards. Bo Nix's only argument right now is that he leads the country in yards and he has the best completion percentage in the country, but that's not nearly enough to supplant what I think is one of the more impressive seasons for a quarterback in the history of college football. So I, not giving Jaden Daniels this Heisman is highway robbery, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm I agree. a huge Bo Nix fan. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think I've said it the last few weeks. It's like, how do you not give Jane Daniels a Heisman? I, I watched him in person week one. Thankfully, he threw a pick six that kind of changed the game, but still can't take away from what he's done. Uh, the rest of the season, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, just because we are a gambling show, and sometimes we do like to throw out some long shot odds. How do you not throw 100 on Penix at plus 1600, where if he goes out and puts a four or five touchdown performance this week and in, in, and just throttles Oregon, which I mean, it's probably not likely, but it's possible. I mean, he might have an outside shot of winning this. Like that's there's a legitimate chance there. I don't think Nix is going to win it. I, I truly think it's Daniels or Penix at this point, which I know a lot of people won't believe, but Penix having a great performance, I think he can win it. If Nix is going to have to have 14 touchdowns in this game to win it over Jaden Daniels, I don't think that will happen. Uh, let's go, uh, Ike. Ike, who do you think for Heisman? I have Bo Nix, who. <laughs> 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 Unbelievable. Now, of course he would. Now, the, caveat, the caveat is I to play spoiler, which we already did because I gave my predictions. I have Oregon making the playoffs, and I think that should be enough. He would not be my pick, first of all. I would pick yeah. Daniels as well. But I think the media will latch on to him, leading them to the playoffs, and I think they'll give it to Knicks. I just think the SEC media and all the writers from the South and all of that, I think Daniels has a huge advantage in that aspect too. 
that, I mean, a lot of people don't even see Bo Nix because first off, they play some of the games on the Pac-12 network, which you can't see. Terrible. No, and then, and then West, he plays at 10 o'clock at night sometimes. So, I mean, there's. And then, like you said, the only other person with a legitimate shot is Penix, and they could split some votes. There, true. On how, yeah, on how that's true. Go. But I think, uh, I think it's it's Jaden Daniels is to. I don't. I don't want to say to lose because he can't do anything. He at can't this lose, point. It. lose yeah. it. Yeah. But I right. think it's it's Bo Nix is to win, and I think, I think it's he's going to get the job. And it just surprised me. Like I feel like Penix doesn't get credit. It's so like people clearly don't watch this guy play. He's he's the most accurate passer I've literally ever seen in shittiest weather that they play in out there. And really, their biggest game of the year was the Oregon game. Oregon gave him the ball with a minute some left, and in two plays, they were in the end zone and won the game. Like, And then no one even talks about it. It's like it's, he truly doesn't get the respect he deserves. Uh, I think Penix was the favorite the majority of the season, but his numbers just fell off too much towards the end. Well, and. I mean, numbers aren't everything, but he's just so far behind those guys. Yeah, but you have to look at their schedule too. They played some of the toughest teams in the nation the last four weeks. Like that's that that oh, should be true. part of it. That's, it should be. Uh, Scott, who do you got win the Heisman? Sam Hartman. Heisman <laughs> <laughs> for Hartman all the way. I think there are some odds on it at the uh, beginning of the season. There was, yeah, you're right. I think uh, Harrison uh, from Ohio State is the best player in college. But I don't think that uh, he'll be anything higher than fifth. He might get an invite, but I, I think he, that's where he's at. Uh, the top quarterbacks um, out of LSU, but I think Bo Nix is going to uh, get the uh, the love and no uh, and the losses. He's going to go into the, the playoffs with zero losses, where LSU has three, which will I think be the deciding factor, even with all the uh, statistics kind of put on one side. Uh, but I do love uh, uh, Michael Penix from. Washington, he just started off so hot, but I think he has cooled off quite a bit and kind of faded. And uh, with Oregon going to beat Washington um, this weekend, I, I think that uh, that's going to be the deciding factor for for uh, uh, Bo Nix. Yeah, and I, I think Daniels is kind of that the Johnny football year, Johnny Manziel. Like mm -hmm. the team wasn't that great, but the stats are just so crazy that it's like you, you almost have to win. But Manziel did have the Bama win that year too. Daniels really doesn't have that win this year, so. No, he, he, yeah, I think that's going to be the difference, the three losses. Yeah. You know, it's Heisman's gone so much to the uh, best player on the best team instead yep. of the best player. Who, what Jabroni school did LSU play the second last week of the season? Well, they played a few. They played Grambling. They've played, I think, Alcorn. I think they played but Army. They that, played that second last game of the season, like that cupcake SEC week. Was it like, Abilene? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't remember, but yeah. every other legitimate quarterback left the game at halftime. Jaden Daniels threw seven touchdowns and played the entire game. <laughs> well that's that's Brian Kelly for you. That's, that's Carter I think that can sour just some people on him. Carter, what uh what you got for Heisman? So Brian Kelly goes down to LSU and finally gets all the talent in the world. Family. He gets a Heisman winner. I got Daniels winning it, but he loses three damn games. Come on, Kelly. What, what's going on here? <laughs> but, Started 0-1, uh, too. It's not Daniel's fault that uh, they don't have a defense down there. I think they gave up 44 <laughs> points a game in those losses. Um, and I think a couple things hurt Penix and uh, 
uh, Knicks is the West Coast bias. I know Caleb Williams won it last year, but there is a West Coast bias that not everyone gets to really see those games being late. And the Heisman Trophy, I mean, to me, is kind of a joke. It doesn't necessarily always give yeah. the best player. A lot of these guys probably already turned their ballots in already. So yeah, yeah which is ridiculous. There, I like it's a good point. Yeah. Phoenix goes out there and wins this game. To me, he should win it. And I think so too. If he puts on a perform, if he puts on a like a five touchdown performance, like why would he not? Like, yeah, he he led yeah, a, it, an undefeated team in the best conference in football and just absolutely dominated. Like I don't, I mean, I don't. It's right. crazy to me. But. but like I said, I think a lot of the ballots are already in. Um, yeah, and I, I think Daniel's. I mean, Reese's breakdown of all the stats right there. He's he's the best player in, in football to me. But fuck Brian Kelly. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. I hate Brian Kelly. <laughs> Bless you. So Kelly, Kelly, Owen uh, one versus the Knowles this year. Jaden Daniels throws a pick six against the Knowles this year. So I'm counting it as a win for us regardless. So. <laughs> uh, all right. It is time. Let's start this uh, conference championship game picks. We're going to kick it off Friday night, seven o'clock CBS sports network conference USA. Uh, this is actually in the home of Liberty. So it's in Lynchburg, Virginia, at Williams stadium. Uh, New Mexico State is entering the game at 10 and 3. Uh, Liberty is 12 and 0, and Liberty is a 10 and a half point favorite. Uh, New Mexico State is on an eight game winning streak. Their lone conference loss was at Liberty, 33 to 17, back on Saturday, September 9th. Uh, Liberty has first year head coach Jamie Chadwell, which came from Coastal Carolina, which we mentioned earlier, uh, and they are entering the conference championship game undefeated. Let's start with, uh, let's see who Ike has in this one. Ike, who you got in the uh, battle for Conference USA? Um, I took Liberty and I'll give the 10 and a half. Um, they led the country in rush yards this year, which is crazy to me that one of the academies didn't lead the nation in <laughs> rushing this year. Um, Caden Salter. I think he has 40 touchdowns this year. He's like third or fourth in the country, which is still 10 behind Daniels, which again shows yeah, how it's crazy. Daniels numbers were. Um, I know it was back in September, but we saw this game already. You know, yep. and it is harder to beat a team twice in a row. But I mean, Liberty just it's it's their game to lose. I don't think they're going to lose it. All right. So Ike's on Liberty minus ten and a half. Uh, Carter, who you got? I'm with Ike. Um, ten and a half is a lot of points. It is tough to beat a team twice. But being at home, uh, give me the flames. Scott. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Liberty, they've already beat them. One close. Uh more of the same this weekend. Guys are loving the Jesus school. Reese, who you got? I'm going against the Jesus school here. Um, I am too. Yeah. <laughs> I, so that game was 33-17, but it was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter, and the Aggies have won eight straight. So I do think Liberty wins this game, but I don't think they cover. So I'm going to take the Aggies here, plus the 10 and a half. I am on New Mexico State also. I gave out coach of the year last week to New Mexico State. I, I think yeah. this is one of the best jobs that we've seen swing in this in the season. Like I I'm very big on New Mexico State. I think they outright win even. Like I I'm I, I love what Auburn they've been doing. This is Liberty now. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty might be tougher to play at. We'll see. They don't they're not even allowed to have alcohol there, so we'll see. All right, so we got Ike, Scott, Carter, all on Liberty. Reese and I, the the host, we're we're holding it down for us. We got New Mexico State. Uh, all right, here we go. We've talked about this game quite a bit. I think everyone's already gave their pick, to be honest. But well, I guess not with the spread. Uh, Friday night again, an hour later. So uh, have your second TV ready for this one. 
8 p.m. on ABC, the Pac-12 championship in Las Vegas at the home of the Raiders, Legion Stadium. Oregon coming in as a nine and a half point favorite versus Washington. Uh, Oregon's 11 and one, Washington's 12 and 0. Oregon's lone loss was on Saturday, October 14th in Seattle to this Washington team, 36 to 33. Uh, since then, Oregon has rolled pretty much everyone with the exception of USC. This, in my opinion, should be considered a play in game for the college football playoff. Uh, let's start, uh, Carter. I agree. This this and the uh, Bama-Georgia game, I think, are kind of playing games for me. Um, Oregon going into that hostile environment, I mean, a lot of people said they should have won that game, but they didn't. Um, nine and a half was kind of surprising to me to see when I saw the spreads come out. I'm going to go with Washington getting those points. I think they can hang around and keep it within a touchdown. Yep, we're going to be – Pinnock's going to be shooting the bow. <laughs> uh, Scott, who you got? I think Oregon's going to win, but they won't cover. All right. Um, like like uh, he said, that uh, it's going to be a lot closer. I think it's going to be one of those. Uh, last last drives, great game. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, I anticipate, unfortunately, it's going to be like 1230 in the morning by the time we get to the fourth quarter in this one. But, uh, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a great ending. Ike, who do you got here? I'm with the Notre Dame boys again. I've got Oregon winning, but I have Washington covering. I think nine and a half is disrespectful. I mean, it's just straight I, up wrong. It, it's so ridiculous. It totally. honestly is. Um, Oregon's top 10. They have a top 10 offense and defense. And they've wow. had a reasonably, I mean, reasonably tough schedule as well. I mean, the Pac-12. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. Uh, eyeball test. Oregon just looks like the better team to me. I mean, Washington's won. I mean, you can't take that away from them. They won head-to-head -head and they've won every game they've played this year but they've had a lot more closer games. And I feel you can only have so many close games before you let one of those slip. I Ike just, sounds like the college football playoff committee right now. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is I'm getting I, annoyed. I, I, Washington <laughs> is comfortably in right now. Yes. I, so I, all right, I'm going to pick next because I think I have a feeling where Reese is going here. So I I'm going to go Washington. Clearly this is not a surprise uh, to me. I will say it. I don't care. They are the best team in college football. I've said it all year. I love what they do. Jalen McMillian was back last week. He is healthy. They finally have the full offense back. The defense is still coming along. They're not terrible. Like They can play defense. I think they can match Oregon on D. They're better on offense than Oregon, and I will stick with Washington to win this game and make the playoff. Reese, what's up? Yeah, so I, obviously a game I've been waiting on for a while after that loss earlier in the year. Laning had a couple questionable calls in the last matchup. I think he's learned from those mistakes. I think Oregon wins this matchup, but I don't think they cover the spread. So I am going to take the Huskies here uh, in the nine and a half. I think the nine and a half is just too much. This game's probably going to be between three and seven. All right, so we have four people predicting an Oregon win, but everyone is predicting a Washington cover. So we are good there. Uh, it feels like one of those Vegas trap games also. Like, they know something we don't. Why is it yeah. set that high so everyone is betting Washington? So I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon just comes out and blows them out of the water. Well, what will probably happen is at, like, what time does it start? Eight? At, like, 7.58, they'll announce Penix isn't playing or something like that. And that's how it always goes. College football is always lovely. Uh, Saturday at noon on ABC, the Big 12 Championship from Arlington, Texas, home of Reese's Cowboys. Oklahoma State is nine and three. They're placing Texas, which is a 14 and a half point favorite at 11 and one. Uh, Oklahoma State's coming in led by their star running back, Ollie Gordon. He's trying to make sure Texas doesn't take the Big 12 championship with them to the SEC. 
Texas's only loss this year was in the Red River shootout when they lost to Oklahoma 34-30. Uh, let's go. Don't go to Carter because he's got laundry to do. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> um, I touched damn on laundry. it earlier. I, I think Texas knows they need to make a statement this game. I think they're going to come out and make it. Um, I did see Coach Gundy, Coach of the Year, Big 12 Coach of the Year, announced again this year. and he, That's right. He traditionally does not get blown out. He plays – he shows up in big games, and when he does let one slip, it's usually against some Patsy Cupcake school. But I think the opportunity to potentially backdoor their way into the playoffs is enough for Texas to show up and, and really blow this one out of the water. I'm actually going to go next because I'm going to play off what you just said. I talked about this when Oklahoma State played Oklahoma in Bedlam. Gundy does not want to lose to these teams. He absolutely hates these teams. And if he can beat Oklahoma and then beat Texas and ruin their, their playoffs and their conference championship and then say, we will never play you fuckers again, like that's <laughs> that's got to be one thing he is running for. Like I am on Oklahoma State to win this game outright. I think he comes and makes a statement and it's over. And he he runs the Big 12, kicks them out, and he's he that is Gundy to a T. You're right. He'll lose to FAU and not care. But these are the games he gets up for. And Ollie Gordon, Jesus, what this dude's been doing since he played, we went over his stats a few weeks ago. Like, it's just absurd. Like, you, if you, man, not many people watch Oklahoma State play, but Ollie Gordon is an absolute stud. And I, I think he's going to give Texas trouble. Plus, Texas has had the benefit of Houston should have beat him. They got absolutely screwed on a spot. Uh, Kansas State went to overtime with him and made a terrible play call that could have won that game. Texas is, you want to talk about your, your close game theory, Texas has had plenty of close games, and I think I think this is the one that catches up to them and they get it. Well, they, they did have one slip already. That's the difference I have well, between them and Washington. But yeah, but the, the rivalry did, game, yeah, it's a little true. different. But Oklahoma State hates them just as much as Oklahoma does. So I, that's where I think it's it's just as big of a game. And it's neutral site, just like that one was. Uh let's go. Scott, Scott, who you got in this one? I'm uh I'm in Texas all the way. Uh, I really – Oklahoma State's got a puncher's chance, but I really see that's about it. Texas has more talent at every position across the board. Uh, it's a shame they're running back that blew out his knee a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, he was such a, a potent uh, part of their offense. But uh, all in all, Texas is better talented. Um, I won't say a better coach because I, I really like uh, Gundy from Oklahoma State. Yeah. But I, I just think they have too much talent to – and the uh, stakes are too high to let this one slide. Carter, what you got? I've got Texas covering this. I, I like you made some good points about Gundy. I mean, I could definitely see him getting up for this game, but I just think they're too one dimensional. And Texas would be able to, I mean, I won't say shut down Ollie. No one's really shut down Ollie, but there, I don't think any way they're going to stop Sarkeesian in this offense and they're going to, they're going to hang 42 points on him. And I don't think Oklahoma State can. Can keep up with them. So give me Texas. Uh, Reese. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a tough prediction because Oklahoma State's been a little Jekyll and Hyde these last few weeks, but I think Jonathan Brooks being now is going to have an impact here. I also think 14 and a half is too rich. So I don't know if Oklahoma State's going to win this outright, but I'm taking Oklahoma State plus the points here at a neutral site. All right. Uh, one of our favorite conferences to talk about this year. I'm surprised this game's not on the plus. So Saturday at noon on ESPN. Uh, the MAC Championship coming from uh, Detroit, Ford Field, home of the Mighty Lions. 
Miami of Ohio, 10 and 2 on the season. Face Toledo, they're seven and a half point favorite. They're 11 and 1 on the year. Uh, preseason predictions, me and Reese uh, did a MAC championship prediction, and Toledo was your team that you picked to win it. And my team, I don't know what happened. Apparently, they decided to quit playing halfway through the season. Uh, Miami of Ohio has lost the last two games. The last two games this year, or no, they've lost two games this year. Sorry. Uh, the first was week one against the shittier Miami, the Hurricanes. And then the second was Saturday, October 21st <laughs> to this Toledo team in Oxford, 21 17. Uh, they have continued winning, even though they lost quarterback Brett Gabbert for the season. Uh, quarterback Avion Smith has taken over for the Red Hawks. Toledo's only loss this season was week one, also at Illinois, 30 to 28. Uh, you kind of have to wonder if that week one loss cost Toledo a chance at a New Year's Six Bowl. Reese, uh, Toledo has been your team all year. I'm going to go to you first just because boy, this is this is something we've talked about almost every week. So uh, do your boys handle the seven and a half and uh, clinch the Mac? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's going to be a higher scoring affair than it was earlier with the 20, I think 21-17, but I think Toledo puts a nail in the coffin here. I'm going to take the Rockets here minus the points. Carter. Um. Interesting. Ball State actually played both these teams really tough. I think it was like 13-7, and I don't know. It was a one-score well, game, and the other the one The Toledo well. game was terrible weather, but yeah. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I was just going back looking at the records. I'm like, wow, Ball State actually hung with both these guys. Um, yeah. I'm going to take Miami getting seven and a half. I think it'll be a close game again. I mean, Toledo probably win, but I'm going to take the points. And I wonder, too, Jason Candle's name is going to be thrown all around on these coaching jobs, so Maybe that causes some issues with them, but yeah, I'll take the points here. Uh, Scott, I'm um, I'm the same. It's the Irish blood uh, keeping us uh, together there. I'm uh, Ohio, <laughs> Miami, Ohio with the points. Ike, I kind of want to change my pick because I've been with the Notre Dame boys the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> <Atta> boy, Ike. <laughs> but I've got fins up, the Quan fin leading the charge. I've got Toledo, and not a blowout, but. I'll, I'll take this. I'll give the seven and a half. Um, yeah, if we were allowed, if we were allowed to, I would, I would move that down to seven and take it for a little bit of insurance policy. But I know it's not allowed on this show. That's right. We so I will take. I'll take. I'll get the seven and a half. So uh, it was interesting to see that Miami kind of struggled with Ball State last week. Like that's. I know Carter, you just brought that up. It was. It was an interesting thing to see. Um, I. I actually like Toledo inside on the fast track at Ford Field. Uh, I like the Quan Fin. Uh, Obviously, like I said, we've talked about this team all year. Toledo is a hard team. It, they were a very bad break at the end of the Illinois game away from, I literally think they would be in the New Year's Six with a win here. So it kind of sucks. But I, I do think Toledo covers the seven and a half here and wins the MAC. Uh, Saturday at 3 p.m. on Fox, we got the Mountain West Championship. That is going to be in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium also, which is home of UNLV. This is a home game for them. This is not a neutral site. Uh, Boise State is a two and a half point favorite. They're seven and five on the season, facing UNLV, which is nine and three on the season. Uh, Boise's been very inconsistent, um, but they have won the last three heading into their matchup with UNLV, um, which has only lost to the two powerhouses, uh, Michigan and Fresno State, until they lost to San Jose State last week. So uh, let's go, uh, Ike. Ike, we, uh, me and you are Mountain West fans. Let's let's see who you got here. We are. I've got UNLV. I've got them winning outright. Um, Boise State's two and four away from the Smurf turf. Um, they're traditionally better at home than away, obviously. Um, I did like them. I would like to make a note that I think it's a bunch of crap that they let computers decide who plays. Oh, it's the, the so bad. 
That is one of the stupidest. San Jose State should be in this game. This San Jose State's on a six-game six yeah. win streak, and they just beat UNLV, who yeah. I have winning the tournament. But it's so bad. It's so bad. I, and they they got screwed over by that. I don't. Yeah. I that's one thing I'll never understand. I I play it on the field. Like, why are we using? And why did we have to wait overnight to see who's playing in the game? Like, like it's, it's not like none of them played each other either. It makes yeah. a little bit of sense if right. none of them played each other, but. I mean, that's that's settled right there on the field. San Jose beat UNLV yeah. last San- of the season, too. It's not like it was an early season fluke. Right. San Jose State should 100% be in this game. It's it's They're probably, outside of Arizona, they might be one of the hottest teams in college football right now, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm Arizona, to me, is number one. But yeah. but, but that said, I'm, I am taking UNLV outright. Got you. So UNLV on their home field to win and cover. So uh, Or get points. Let's go, Scott. Scott, who you got in the Mountain West battle here? Although I do love the Smurf turf, and uh, <laughs> uh, Boise State, when they had the uh, Statue of Liberty play a few years back against Oklahoma, I think uh, UNLV is just a better team this year. Carter? I'm with my boys here. I'm going to take UNLV, getting Jesus points Christ. at home. We could have uh, just had Boise one State of you on the show. Play away from the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A right. spokesman. Uh, basically home game. So it is a home game. So give me, you know, they're getting points. Uh, Reese, you got, I'm going with history on this one. Boise state's won the last six. Uh, I'm taking Spencer Danielson to make a push to keep his job. I'm taking Boise state here. Minus the points. Uh, yeah. We're going to hold it down for our show. I got Boise too, minus two and a half. I think Boise <laughs> went to covers. Uh, I, I like what they've been doing since the coaching change. Um, I, and UNLV, if you look at their schedule, uh, they honestly have not played like anyone. So the only teams they've played that are good, they lost to. So uh, we'll go from that. I I like Boise to, to actually win the conference championship, which when they fired their coach four weeks into the season, you would have never thought you'd be saying, but here they are. Uh, Saturday at 4 p.m. on ESPN, we got the Sun Belt. This one is also a home stadium game. This is in Troy, Alabama, home of Troy, Veterans Memorial Stadium. App State at eight and four on the year going to Troy. Troy's a five and a half point favorite. They're 10 and two on the season. Uh, App State is on a five game winning streak, including ending the undefeated season of JMU, while Troy has only lost two games this year and they were back to back in weeks two and three to Kansas State and JMU. Uh, Reese, who you got? Yeah, Troy's going for back to back here, um, but it's not going to be easy. App State's won, they're on a five game winning streak right now. Aguilar's looked really good here the past few weeks. Uh, I think the Mountaineers are poised for an upset, so I'm going to take App State here plus the points. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and go next. I'm with you. I got App State also. I, I like App State to win this outright. <laughs> it's, it's here, kind comes, of the, here comes three, Troy, know, picks. three <laughs> Troy picks. I know. That's what I was thinking too. Uh, I, I, I said it a few weeks ago. App State lives for these games. When they were at JMU, game day was there. App State does not care. They will go into these places, and they will beat their ass, and they will take the championship. I, I like App State. And uh, Sunbelt champion Appalachian State, here they come. Ike, who you got? Who do you think I have? Troy. <laughs> I admittedly don't don't know a lot about the Sunbelt. I know that there are – what they have like eight teams that are better than 500 or something. They have more below good conference. Than any other conference. Yeah. Like it's, it seems like in anybody, any given week type type conference. Um, I, 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 my limited research I did, I noticed that Troy's top 10 and scoring D and their 12th in total defense. Um, and Appalachian state doesn't have anything that really stands out to me other than the win at, at JMU, but I thought JMU is a little bit overrated. 
as overrated as a Sunbelt team can be. I think if this wasn't their first year or second year, second year, second, second year, if this wasn't, if they were eligible, put it that way, if they were eligible, yeah. I don't think they would have been as much of a media darling as they ended up being. Um, so while it's still an impressive win, I mean, JMU beat Troy. I mean, they're still a decent team, but I think that win is holding a little more weight than it should. And I, I like them in Detroit. Since you said that, I'm going to give a quick shout out real quick to uh, since Florida State beat Florida and ruined their bowl chances, that actually is what got JMU into a bowl this year. So uh, they are going bowling, which is good. At least they're going to get that in respect. Uh, so you were on Troy. Oh, also one thing that you said, just to note. So last year, if you remember when uh, game day was at App State, it was the Troy App State game. And that's when App State won on that Hail Mary at the end. Uh-huh. an insane ending so troy's got a little bit of a revenge factor in this one too i know it was a different team but still uh scott who you got in the sunbelt championship i love the fact that uh app state will go anywhere and play anybody yeah yep. i uh, still uh, have fond memories of them beating michigan uh, and i saw that while i was uh, deployed overseas so that uh, really uh brings love but i on this one i'm gonna have to go with the men of troy Oh man, I oh, thought we had Jesus, one. Jesus, <laughs> no! I thought for sure we were getting one there. <sighs> Carter, who you who you got? Just tell us. Troy. Appalachian State boys. Yes, <laughs> finally. <Yep. laughs> uh, I think the second conference in a row that a team's getting screwed out. Like James Madison definitely should be in this game. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yep. I know the NCAA is incompetent and sucks, but. Um, yeah, I like Appalachian State. They always get up for these big games, and I'm getting points, so I'm taking App State. All right. Uh, Saturday at 4 p.m., the same time. It's going to be tough to decide between the Sun Belt and this one, but um, thankfully <laughs> there's there's multiple TV viewing options, so we can watch both. Saturday at 4 p.m. on CBS, we've got the SEC Championship. It's in Atlanta, Georgia, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, home of the Falcons. Uh, Georgia's coming in as a six-point favorite, 12-0 on the season, facing Bama, which is 11-1. Georgia has only had two games this year finish as one possession games. Carter, which what, what two games were those, you know? Say that again. Georgia had two games finish as one possession games this year. Do you know the two? Uh, Missouri and... One was last Georgia week. Tech? Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech was one of them. The other one was Auburn. Auburn and Georgia ah. Tech. Oh, yeah, Auburn. The vaulted uh, Auburn running yeah. team. Yeah. Jesus. And then Alabama's only loss was week two to Texas, 34-24. Uh, Scott, kick us off. Who you got to win the SEC here? Uh, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think Georgia and the points. Alabama you know, it's kind of been on a roll. They've sort of found their offense-ish. You know, that uh, last weekend, 31-yard, uh, Hail, Hail Mary, <sighs> Auburn just – uh, yeah, that was that every way they possibly could. Yep. You, know, you only rush two and have a spy for the, your third defensive lineman. Uh, yeah, you give the quarterback a chance to you know do whatever what he wants. And uh, yeah, Alabama shouldn't even be in the uh, playoff contest uh, you know, with that second loss, but here we are. So give me Georgia and uh, and the points. Yeah, I think uh, I think that Auburn defense might be the only defense I've seen worse than Notre Dame's 10 in a row on back-to-back plays from earlier this year. That was, that was unbelievably bad. While they I had to bring it up game. again. I had to bring it up. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we had to, that was awful. Like, what are you doing? That was, ah, that couldn't have been the design. Like it was, it was very bad. 
Uh, Carter, what do you got in this one? I, this is a, a tough one for me, I think. I went back and forth a few times. I think six is too much. So I'm, I'm going to roll with the tide, getting six points. Uh, Tommy Reese is going to get that offense going. And Oh, I should have known. I mean, I think they're live to, to upset Georgia, <laughs> actually. I was trying to figure out why you came to that conclusion. Okay, that was why. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I you got this one. Um, I'm giving the points. I'm taking Georgia. Um, they lead Alabama in every major statistic there is total offense, total defense, um, scoring offense, scoring defense. I saw they're both, they're second in the country in both third down conversions offensively and third down conversions defensively. So they can, they keep drives going and they stop drives on defense. And that's, that's one of the, uh, that and turnovers are the two keys to winning. I just don't think Bama will be able to keep up. Reese, uh, what do you got for the SEC championship? I'm taking Georgia. I just, just Georgia team's too good. Nobody's beat them in I don't know how many games at this point, 27, 28. I, when the spread's less than a touchdown, I'm not going to go against them. So I'm taking Georgia. I am on Georgia also. I don't think this game's close. I, I think Georgia beats Lone them. Wolf by, over here. I think that, oh yeah, you were. I think Georgia beats them by like 24. Like, I don't think this game's close at all. That's why we're going to be tuning in to uh, the Sun Belt in our next one, because it's also at 4 p.m. Saturday. On ABC, the American Championship from New Orleans, Louisiana, on Tulane's home field at Yulman Stadium. SMU, the horse team, 10-2, and two, going on the road to Tulane. Tulane's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They're 11-1 and one on the season. SMU has won eight straight, while Tulane's only loss this season was back in week two against Lane Kiffin in Old Miss. Scott, who do you have for the American? I'm a uh, I'm Tulane. I just think that they've got more talent. They're you know both kind of on a roll, but I think Tulane's got more talent, and uh, they're they're gonna walk on this one. It won't won't even be close. Not even close. I like it. Finally, Carter, are, are you gonna give us a score on this one? Let's let's go to Carter. Carter next. Uh, yeah, give us a score I, prediction on this one. My, Make my sure it adds up, here. please. And, yeah. Make sure it covers too. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> hey, one mistake. Come on now. Uh, I got SMU. I think they could light the scoreboard up. Uh, let me score wise 35 31 SMU outright. I like it. I like it. Ike. Uh, I'm on Tulane. Uh, they're the defending champs. They've looked good all season. Uh, they didn't play this year, but they won 59 to 24 last year. I know teams are obviously different, but I mean, it wasn't even close last year. Um, and this is also for the uh, New Year's Six Bowl for Tulane. Also, a win, a win, a win gives them the New Year's Six for back-to-back years when they had that huge win over USC last year. Very good point, and that's like we were talking about with Texas. I think that's a huge motivating factor for a team. Yep. And I, I don't particularly think this win will be close either. Reese, yeah, this is another team that's looking to take a conference title as they're walking out the door because isn't SMU's going to the ACC after this year, right? Yeah, uh, we got we got SMU, we got Cal, and we got Stanford coming. Uh, how that constitutes the Atlantic Coast Conference, I'll never know. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't look at a map on that one. Um, should be a fun matchup. Tulane's defense is is legit, but I think the horse team's going to be too much here. So I'm going to take the the horse team here to to cover, if not get an outright win. <sighs> I've, I this is my hardest one for the whole day. I I really struggled with this one. I haven't even picked it yet, to be honest. Um. Man, I, I think I'm going to go Tulane because it's the home field. 
it's an it's a newer stadium. That crowd will be there. I think it'll be a great environment. And I just like what Tulane's offense does a little bit. SMU's defense, I, I'm not sure could stop Tulane's offense that the whole game. So I do like Tulane to get the cover there at three and a half, and to make the New Year's points. Six. That point spreads moved a decent amount. I have five and a half originally. It it so did yeah. drop. It's it dropped two points. Yeah. SMU. Yeah. Uh, so Saturday night, we've got two games going to be on at the same time. This one's an interesting one. Saturday at 8 o'clock on Fox, the Big Ten Championship from Indianapolis, Indiana, Lucas Oil Stadium, the Glue Factory. Uh, Michigan's a minus 22.5-point favorite. They're 12-0 on the season, facing Iowa. They're 10-2 on the season. Uh, Michigan has only played two one-possession games this year, um, but they are their last two games, which were Maryland and Ohio State. Iowa's two losses this year were to Penn State and Minnesota, and they have won five one-possession games. Let's start with... Ike's Mr. Big Ten. Ike, tell us what you think about the Big Ten Chiefs. Mr. Big it's must-see TV, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the hefty, the hefty, the hefty ridey, Mr. Water Polo, is an absolute stud. So I don't <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be a horrendous game, I think. I, yeah. I have Iowa covering, I think 22 and a half is too much. They've only given wow. up more than 16 points once this year. Every single game they've held the team under 16 points, except for Penn State, who uh, admittedly is by far the best team that they've played this year. But I think it's going to be a grind out low scoring ish game. Michigan wins comfortably. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not even going to be close to a game, but I think, I think they cover. I'll take the points. What, what do you think the final score is? I'm just curious. 24 to seven. Okay. Scott, what do you got? Um, Yeah. Like you just said, Penn State's the best team that I was played and the, you know, they, they really didn't, couldn't keep it close. And Michigan, you know, beat Penn State. Uh, so I'm saying Michigan by 35. I like it. That's a Carter. big swing. <laughs> I'm with Scott. Michigan's going to roll here. Um, I don't even know if Iowa will put a point on the board unless – I mean, they're going to have to get like a pick six is probably their best offense. And I don't know that Michigan's going to have to throw the ball. They're just going to run it right down their throat and they'll cover. Reese. The disrespect for Mr. Water. I know. Polo. What kind of shit is that? You guys need Dang. to respect the hefty righty, Mr. Water Polo. This is, this is absurd. <laughs> I love the nickname. Great nickname. <laughs> you can thank the Tuesday Night Touchdown podcast for that. Right. Um, yeah. So Michigan's outscored three Big Ten West teams this year by a total of 138 to 30. That might be the final score of this game. <laughs> oh, no, no. I was not scored 30. I can tell Har- you. <laughs> Well, that that's if the fourth string guys are out there by the second quarter. Uh, plus, Harbaugh's back. I'm taking Michigan here minus the points. It's not going to be a game. I honestly think the halftime score might be 35-0. Like, I, I could legitimately see that as halftime. I, I like Michigan to get an easy cover here. I'm kind of with Scott on this one. Like, this is not a close game, I don't think. I'm actually – I'm highly shocked, Ike, that you – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns into a blowout, but – I just think Iowa's defense is is too good to get blown out. They're going to keep it close for a but while. Their their offense is going to give up probably fourteen or twenty one themselves. Like I think I the hefty righty will throw at least two pick sixes. That's well, not if they're in the game. If if this uh, if it becomes fourteen nothing Michigan early, it's gonna it's gonna blow out. Yeah, it's gonna be huge. But I and think I, Iowa yeah. keeps it close and uh, when you're uh, respectable when for you're, them showing. When your T-shirts say uh, "punting is offense," it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, at least at least the fans lean into it. I am interested that, that I. It's intriguing to me that Ike thinks that because I 
I can't see this game being close whatsoever. So I, I am interested. Uh, like I said, they have no shot at winning. Absolutely. Oh, I don't no think so either. I would, I would bet my house on. Yeah, on I would too. Yeah. But you, wait, you, you bet be Ike's well. house? Just yeah. To be I'd, clear. I bet Ike's house too. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I'd probably bet mine on this one actually too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so also at the same time, Saturday night, eight o'clock, ABC, the ACC championship in Charlotte, North Carolina, Bank of America Stadium, home of the Panthers. Louisville rolls in at 10 and two on the year facing Florida State. Florida State's a two and a half point favorite, 12 and 0 on the season. Uh, Louisville's two losses this year were to Pitt on October 14th. And then last week they lost to Kentucky 38, 31. Florida State finished the regular season 12 and 0 for the fourth time in school history while having just three one possession games. And only one of those was after September 23rd. Uh, let's start with Scott, even though you've already kind of told us you're picking this one, but I did. I already gave away the ship there. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, Louisville, uh, squeaks one out Florida state, uh, you know, without the quarterback, they've got the film, uh, now to kind of do a, a week's worth of study. Uh, they've got some grad assistant that's been going over for, you know, a month. Uh, well, yeah, I, I just, I think it'll be close. Uh, Louisville's kind of gotten up for some of the bigger games and Florida State uh, you know, just missing the, the mojo. Carter. I'm with Scott. I know this is upsetting to you, but we're both picking against your Seminoles. But I think Florida State's like key to winning is running the ball. Louisville's good against the D or against the run on their on the defense. And Brian Brom, like I think he's just gonna draw up enough plays to get Plummer to to win. Um, and Louisville, they have been kind of an up and down team. They've gotten up for the big games, like Scott said. And last week being a rivalry game, maybe a bit of a look ahead for this big one. Uh, that was a letdown spot. So I'm going to take uh, the Cardinals outright. Ike. Yeah, I'm on Louisville as well. Like Carter said, they're, they're they have an excellent rush D. I, I of course, you guys as, are. As, <laughs> they're 11th in the nation on rush D. So Benson's not going to beat them. And it's Rodemaker's going to have to do it. And I'm not sure he can. I'll, I'll Benson, be for the Noles. Benson, Benson can beat them. Well, we, we'll see. I mean, he can't. Capable, <laughs> but I have my doubts. They're elect, like I said, eleventh in the nation in Rushdie traditionally, and now playing this Florida State team where they can just sell out to defend the run. I just don't think the ground game is going to get going for Florida State. Um, I'll comment on that when I go. Reese, who you got? <laughs> I I'm I'm a little shocked right now to be honest with you. I think this is partially because of that game on October seventh is why these guys are leaning into Louisville. Um, I, I Louisville's given up thirty four to Georgia Tech this year. They gave up thirty eight to Pitt. Like I I don't know. I Rodemaker's been protecting the ball the past couple weeks. Florida State's got five turnovers the entire season. The Knolls are clearly the better team here with or without Jordan Travis from a talent standpoint. I think the Knowles defense can help solidify any slowdown on the offense with Tate behind center. I'm taking the Knowles here, minus the points. And, and what I would like to say on that is good luck selling out on the run when we have Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, and Jaheim Bell out there. Tate Rodemaker is good enough to pick them apart if they try that. Tate, Tate last year, Jordan Travis got injured at Louisville. On the road, we were losing. Tate Rodemaker came in that game last year and beat them on their home field. He knows this team. He's not afraid of the big key, the big stage. I, we have way too many weapons, so they can't. They truly can't sell out on Trey Benson, or they will get destroyed through the air. 
their only hope would be if it's a terrible weather game. I, I, there is supposed to be some rain, but even with that, I think that favors us more than them. So I, I like Florida State going to the playoffs. I, I think we covered the two and a half. So that uh, that does finish all of our championship games. So we are now on to the locks. Reese, go ahead and hit it. Uh, Scott, what is your lock for the week? I'm going to take the easiest one that I can find is Michigan over uh, uh, <laughs> Iowa. That's just – I disagree. <laughs> money in the bank. I like it. So – Go ahead and lock Scott in on Michigan minus 22 and a half. Carter, uh, we're saving Carter. Carter likes to do the locks, so we'll, we'll save him. Uh, Ike, who you got next? Uh, I went with Tulane. I know you were on the fence about this game. You said you couldn't decide, but I I don't think it's going to be close. I think they roll like they did last year in defending conference champs. Uh, give me Tulane. Do I not get the lock one? There we go. Uh, we were waiting on it. It's yes. good. All right, Carter, your big moment. Uh, who do you got for your lock of the week? Well, I can't break out my Notre Dame helmet, sadly. We don't know what this conference championship business is about. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with Scott. I really like the Michigan pick as a lock, but I'm going to go with uh, Texas. Wow. I wasn't expecting that one. Uh, Reese, who's your lock? I'm locking in on Florida State over Louisville. Hell yeah. Small small <laughs> spread. I don't think the Knowles are getting enough respect uh, for the totality of talent they have on the roster nationally or in this podcast room right now. Uh, look for Coach Norville to have this team fired up and use all of the shit talking that's been happening with this team to get these boys fired up and ready to go. So I am locking in on Florida State over Louisville. Well, for the sake of keeping it different, no one's agreed yet on a lock, so I'm not going to pick one someone else has. There's two I love, um, but there's one to me that seems obvious, and I can't believe no one else picked this. I Georgia minus Georgia's less than a seven. Like to me, that's the lock of the world. Like I, I'm on Georgia minus six, Georgia minus fourteen, Georgia minus twenty-one. I think this is. I think to me, this is more easily locks in Michigan. To be honest. Like I, I'm on Georgia minus the six for my final lock of the college football season. I'm shocked you didn't take take Washington in the points. I was I going to outright winning, and I mean nine I, and a half is an absurdly high number. But. It's a lot. I know. I I think I think Georgia. There's no chance Bama keeps this close. Like I there's I don't think there's any way it's under fourteen. So do you agree that this is Georgia's toughest test of the year? Or you're not you're not on that. No, at all? no, not at all. Okay. No. I don't think Bama's good. Like I their offense is atrocious. Like they cannot play offense. Their only hope in this game is to do what Auburn did, but they don't run the ball and have as many trick plays as Auburn does. So I, I don't that's the how Auburn kept it close with them. Auburn barely threw the ball in that game. I, I truly don't Georgia think Georgia as well. They ran it they ran it down Georgia's throat as well. Oh, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah. Against yeah, Auburn, Auburn against Georgia. Oh, okay, yeah, about. yeah. Yeah. I think Auburn was a better well, clearly Auburn should have beat Bama too. All happened there. So, um, all right, I'm gonna try to roll through these locks and remember. So, we got Ike on Tulane, Scott on Michigan, Carter on Texas, Reese on Florida State, and I am on uh, Georgia. I think about that. <laughs> all right, so that uh, that's gonna wrap up conference championship week. Uh, 
We'll be back next week. Probably a little recap. Obviously, we will then have the official on Sunday at noon, I believe, we get the official college football playoffs, what the semifinal games will be. Um, so we'll be back next week with that. Uh, I believe Army-Navy is going to be that following Saturday, so we'll pick Army-Navy too, and I, that's probably about it next week, to be honest. I don't think there's going to be any bowl games at that point. Um, so it'll be a pretty quick episode next week, just kind of a recap of the season, more transfer portal stuff, any more coaching changes. Uh, and then, obviously, we will go over the college football semifinals and the New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, so for uh, Ike, thank you for joining us. Scott, thank you. Carter, thank you. Reese, Defined Citizen, back again. So we will, uh, we're wrapping up the uh, college football regular season and conference championship weeks. Uh, it's unfortunately a very sad time of the year when it comes to, to this. This sucks. This will be a lot of the, a lot of last games for some of these guys because these guys are not going to play in bowl games if they're not relevant. So uh, that's it. But we, uh, here in a few minutes, we'll be recording an NFL episode as always. So check out the NFL episode. Uh, that is it. We will see everyone next week. Have a good week. And thank you guys for joining us this week. Cheers, guys.